Yeah, yeah, so important to take a second to just sit and reflect and receive. So important. So important to worship and respond and listen and learn and grow and all the things that we get to do here tonight. But the Lord was clear that we need to create a space to just sit, reflect, receive. Because a thousand names and one. I hope that you were able to see one of the names you call him on that screen tonight. And maybe you didn't, but you have a thousand more for him. So important. Well, tonight is our final edition for our three-in-one series. It will not be the last time we talk about the Trinity, however. All right, not to be confused with that, but this is our final edition of three-in-one series that we have been in. And it's been a wonderful time of just study and learning and just simple examples. And how about this first simple example that we've given you uh, of three-in-one, mayonnaise. <laughs> the three elements of mayonnaise. Or maybe some of your favorites, chilies. How about chilies? Had a three for 10, there for like a quick second, and now it's like three for $13,000, sorry. Uh, so the 2020 prices have gouged in some way. Um, I got this picture from Allie Deems this week. This must be one of her favorites. Three for me, ice cream, Neapolitan. Amen, and the church said, amen, that's right, yeah. Um, and I think she likes this brand, but we see we have the chocolate, we have the vanilla, and we have the strawberry. And don't be alarmed, it is still a half a gallon, okay? <laughs> Another three elements that we like, um, often some of us are allergic to eggs, but some of us are not. We see the three elements of an egg, don't you? Let's say them, the shell, the egg white, and the egg Yes, one egg, three parts. It breaches. How about this? One element in three ways. We have water as a liquid, a gas, if you will, and a solid. It's frozen, it becomes steam, and it's water. Three elements, three in one. And these are all super fun examples, but let's also get a little bit like more science if you will, and let's point out that there are three things that really we can't escape, and they are time, space, and matter, right? Mm -hmm. And you didn't realize this, but if you break it down, time is three parts, but one thing. So time is past, time is present, time is future, but time is also past, present, and future. And in the model that we have shared, past is not present, but past is time. Present is not future, but present is time. And future is not past, but future is time. But time is also past, present, and future. That's good, right? Helps a little bit. How about space? Height. Width. Depth. Height is not width, and width is not depth, and depth is not height, but they are all space, and all together we create space. It's space. But they are also singular space. You guys are with me. You're getting them. Some of you are like, what should you just say? <laughs> it's okay. How about a solid? We'll try solids. Or matter. Or liquids. Or gases. They're all singular parts of the word matter. And the thing matter. So we have all these three parts making up one thing called 
matter. Like our model for God. One God and three persons, not three gods. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. But the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. One God, three persons. I hope that helps. I don't know that we'll have three and one examples next week. But if we find some good ones, we may. But I hope that helps. I know that there's been some people throughout this series that have been so faithful, and some are watching online tonight for the breakdown of three and one and how to describe it, but I really appreciate all the different examples that we have given, and I especially appreciate the time, space, and matter that the Lord's brought across my path this week to remind me of these three and ones, if you will, to help people see the Trinity in the same way. All great examples. We complicated, I get it. But that's okay, we've done a study on who is God, who is the triune God in this series. And one of the things that we start with is that God is one, existing as three persons, as we've said here already, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so because of this, all of these working together, God is all things for all people. And we're going to talk about that here a little, a little bit more. I love this passage from 2 Corinthians 13, 14. That if you will, doesn't just identify the three parts of the triune God, but show some of their roles. And I love this passage. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a role, and the love of God, there's a role, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This being spoken to a church, of course, and to a body of believers, which is, is like us. And so we see three parts with three roles that they play in our life. And I don't know about you, but I need all three. I need all three. I have to pause and say how good it is to have Elaine Johnston in the room tonight. And Jada Olin. I, uh, I looked back there and saw her, Elaine, and over earlier, and Jada back there right now. And uh, Elaine had a terrible bout of COVID that ended up her in the hospital and needing a heart ablation just mere weeks ago. And here she is with her cute outfit on and her toenails. She had her toenails done today. And so we praise the Lord that that procedure has done its work, and that so has the Lord. And we thank you that you have made time and space and energy to be here tonight. And Janet, we believe that God is right now continuing to do the work of mending bones and fragments and cartilage and all the things that you need and bringing um, pain blockers for you. And we're going to believe in a mighty work of God in your body as you have not been able to have surgery, but you have persevered. And we praise the Lord that you are here tonight. And we pray that this will be an encouragement to you. To keep on keeping on. And, um, and she said, I don't do anything, but I, I am getting, I am improving. And I said, that's okay. It sounds like that's what you need to do. Nothing, right? But uh, this is something, Janet. So thank you for being here tonight. And we are continuing to pray for both of you. Sorry to stop there, but I saw it. I had to say it. We praise the Lord for the evidence of his work. Amen? Amen. In all of you. In all of you. But I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians. It's a great passage. I need grace. Anybody else? I need love. 
and I need the fellowship of the Spirit. So I love this passage. This is one of those that you need to mark down and come back to over and over throughout your life. All right, so we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all playing roles, bringing us literal and spiritual life, correct? This literal life that can only come from the breath of God, and the spiritual life that can only come from, in many ways, the breath of God. And truly, I, I feel grievous sometimes as I think about how we as humans have distanced God. We have distanced Him. I pray that through this series, if not before now, but tonight, that you realize He hasn't distanced Himself. And sometimes I just grieve because I will, I will sit with people. I was at an event last weekend um, in West Virginia speaking there, and so many of the women coming alive in faith once again. Um, and just hearing the work of God through my story of cancer and, and other things, but how we have distanced him and maybe even believe that we're not worthy of his presence or we're not worthy of his, of his miracle working power or we're not worthy of his peace. And so we have distanced the Lord God, the triune God, because of maybe our own insecurities, our own issues with self-esteem or what we believe we deserve and where all that comes from is a counseling session that is not right here right now but when in all actuality he has done everything the lord god the triumph god has done everything he can to draw us to himself to come close to us Amen. and we have distanced him and we've believed this lie and we'll talk about how he's holy and we're not and all that but then he made a way and it, it grieves my heart because we, we distance the Lord from us. He's not distancing himself from us. And so I believe that the Trinity is proof of that. I believe the triune God is proof that God is not, not embarrassed to be seen with us, if you will. He's not pushing you to the other side of the room because you don't really belong in his section. And I believe that the Trinity is proof that he's not distancing himself from us. I really do believe that. And so that thousand name song, I want to share a few names with you that we've, we've kind of visited through this series, if you will. So let's start with the Father. God, the Father. He is creator. Now remember, when, when we say these, if, if he's been one of these for you, you just go ahead and testify. Okay? Shout, raise your hand, grab your, grab your heart, whatever you need to do. God, the Father, he is creator. He is almighty one. He is sustainer. He is holy, he is healer, he is provider, he's way maker, he's love. That's not something just he does, so he is, Bible says so. He is judge, he is omnipotent, he is omnipresent, he is omniscient, he is rock eternal. God the Father is ancient of days, he is alpha and omega, he is the shepherd, he is my deliverer. He's my refuge. God the Father, he sees me. He hears me. He cares for me. He's a promise keeper. Can anybody testify? He's a promise keeper. And he is a giver. Yes. Can we celebrate all that he has been and all that he has done? <laughs> and not just that, then we have God the Son. God the Son. His name is Jesus. Say it. Jesus. He is Savior. He is Lord. 
shepherd. He's Emmanuel. He's the Lamb of God. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Jesus is the light of the world. Hallelujah. He's my Redeemer. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the true light. God the Son is the rock. He is the King of kings. He is the author of our faith. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, anybody? Jesus is also the Alpha and the Omega. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Wake up. And how about the Spirit? God the Spirit. He comforts us. He helps us. He, the Spirit empowers us. The Spirit convicts us. Whoa. No, let me tell you something. That's good news. Or we just be out there doing our own thing. The Spirit is our advocate. It tells us in the Word of God that He advocates for us and He intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. When you don't have the words, He's speaking for you. Isn't that good news? The Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. The Spirit guides our steps. The Spirit reveals the will of God. Anybody need some help with those blueprints in here? The Spirit of God leads us in all truth. The Spirit of God equips us to produce good fruit. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah. That is the Spirit of God. If you don't get excited about that, I'm not sure what you're getting excited about. You laugh more mayonnaise than you cheer about the Spirit. I mean, come on, church. This is good news. We're talking about the triune God. Now, I like mayonnaise. Don't get me wrong. Especially Deuce mayonnaise. But... This is the good stuff. This is everything. Some have asked, but how did all three come about? Why, why all three? So let's take a little ride. We got off that train for just a quick second, and now we're going to get back on. Let's take a little ride, okay? Well, here's the deal. God was, and is, and is to come. Do you believe that? God, in Genesis 1-1, we see him in the beginning, God, Elohim, creator. And then we come to learn that this is a plural in verse 26, when he says that we were made in the image, and, and he says, let us make them in our image. So now we understand Elohim to be a plural sense, and this is obviously the triune God. And so we were made in the image of this perfection. But because we are not, was, is, and is to come, right? Because we weren't, and then we were. So God was. So in the beginning, God. So that means he was there. They were there already. You get it? So they are, was, is, and is to come. We are not. We are not was, is, and is to come. We have a start date. And we have an expiration date. <laughs> Except for heaven, hallelujah, eternity. So because we are not deity, we are human. And we were made with free will. And I'm thankful for that. I'm a little bitter with Adam and Eve about some things, but um, 
you know, but maybe when I get to heaven, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe you won't, maybe I won't care. But we are human and we have free will. And we became tempted, and because we had a choice, we chose and fell. This is when sin and darkness, if you would say, sin entered the world. And then became this cycle of separation in many ways. Uh, before the fall, there was, there was oneness with God. Trident. There was oneness there with God, the Father. And as we see the plurality, there was oneness. Obviously, God the Father being the ultimate, almighty one. There was this oneness. And then sin happened, and, a, and a, if you will, a separation, a tearing of that oneness, which we can understand this a lot in marriage, too. We see that oneness and things are chosen that create a tearing of the oneness. Just an earthside example. And so this happens, and there's this tearing that causes this sense of separation. But don't you think that separation means distance? Because what happened? God came on the scene and he said, where are you? All right? So don't forget. Just because there became separation didn't mean there was distance. Because what did God do? He came after. But there was a separation. The oneness had been torn. And so this cycle, if you will, of separation and then surrender and then sacrifice to bring back to oneness started to happen. And so you see all through the Old Testament, and now you see all throughout humanity, even until this point, you see this cycle of separation and surrender. But there came a point when God in his love and his desire to be one with us forever, right? That was his desire made a way to reconcile and sent a once and for all sacrifice so that we could be reconciled to him. And he did that, and that is where we get the Father sent the Son. So we have the Father, and we have this situation the sin, this humanity, the cycle that we're living in, and he saw the need for a once and for all sacrifice because this just this constant cycle of separation, not distance, separation, surrender, sacrifice, so, you know? And so he sent this once and for all sacrifice and knew the only way it could be, it could be perfect and it had to be Jesus. So then the Father sent us the Son. And Jesus came, God with us, to live and bridge the gap of holy, which is the Father, and unholy, which is us. So Jesus came to bridge that gap. I'll say it again, a once and for all, say that, once and for all, sacrifice. Say that, once and for all, sacrifice. Jesus was to be the Savior, and he did it. And he did it. Let's look at Matthew 1, 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means, what does it say, church? God with us. And he came to live and bridge the gap, and he did it. And we see in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him 
will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus became the once and for all sacrifice. Amen. His death was the final sacrifice, and our choosing him as Lord and Savior, our choosing to believe that he is Lord, that he is Savior and Lord, that he died on the cross for our sins and was raised three days later, our choosing to believe in Jesus in that way is our surrender. But then it doesn't stop there. Jesus then rose from the grave to show that even death doesn't have the final say. Aren't we thankful? He then went home to heaven, which by the way, we will too. <laughs> that good news. And church, I just want to pause. Kelly and them lost uh, her grandmother this weekend. Be praying for them. But I, she said that she said heaven gets a little sweeter. But heaven is a wonderful place, church. And as we see our loved ones that lived a godly life, a holy life, tell the gospel story all the way to the end in their 90s, and they go to heaven with peaceful proclamation that I am a child of God, we just can't wait to get there too. But Jesus rose from the grave to show that even death doesn't have the final say. He then went home to heaven. But listen to this. Jesus didn't abandon us. You know what he did? He tapped in the spirit. When I was a little girl, I was the youngest of three, and my brother is four to five years older than me, my sister's three or so, we did the math out there earlier, and um, I was on my brother's tag team wrestling team. He was gracious and kind, it was great philanthropy for him to put me on his tag team wrestling team in our living room and in our yard, and he would tag me in. And I didn't say it very long, but he would tag me in when he needed a break. And it wasn't real wrestling, of course. I mean, I was like four. But um, and, but I was he would let me have a moment, right? And I think about tag team, and, and I, I love this. Jesus, Jesus goes and the son tagged in the spirit. Because he wasn't going to, we weren't going to be abandoned. And so Jesus tagged in the spirit so that we would. Until he comes back, have a conduit, a vessel, a draw, because that once and for all sacrifice has been done, remember? And so there's going to need to be a draw to God the Father. And so the Spirit now draws all mankind to God through belief in Jesus. Once we become a Christian, we then have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Look at 1 John 4, 13 through 14. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And so the Spirit comes in, and we know he comes in with, comes in with a tongue of fire here, and lots of things happened that day. People, people were empowered. The apostles were empowered to speak the word of God boldly. It was awesome. It was divine. It was supernatural power. People were saved. And so the Holy Spirit is the one working to draw mankind to God the Father. And then when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we make that surrender moment with him, that choice, he then comes and lives inside of us. And when the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we are then empowered to live 
a life that honors God the Father. And the Holy Spirit will equip us with gifts to build the body. And I know that they did a great job talking about this last week, so I'm not going to go into all that, but I do want to say this. And those gifts are not just for what you do here at the church. Your family is the body. Your coworkers are the body. Where you worship, these people, this is the body, this is the body, but this isn't it. Your friend circle, my friend circle is the body of Christ. Our Tuesday night's body of Christ. Wednesday night's body of Christ, youth group body of Christ. My, in my coming and in my going, it is all an opportunity to build the body. So when we say the Holy Spirit gives gifts to build the body, a lot of times our context is just so we can lead a Bible study on 7 o'clock at the church building. Or so that we can sing in the choir. Or that we can serve great coffee, which we, we do. We have people that are really willing. But this is, this is the body. But you know what else? This is the body. My husband. In our home. In the softball field. In the friendship circles. And so we got to be careful because sometimes we feel like with these spiritual gifts just so that I can serve in the church. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't really start or end there. It's all of this. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit that gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. And then Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So this is the body that I have given spiritual gifts to help build. Absolutely. Each one of us, we all have them. Yes, you, the youngest, the oldest. You have gifts the Spirit is wanting to give you. If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, gifting you to help build the body. But this isn't the only body. The body is this and. Your home, your workplace, your church, your friend circles, your coming and your going, all of it. This, my staff, the waitress, all the people that I intertwine with and inter intersect with. We're, we're talking about the spiritual gifts inside of me. Do you know that encouragement is a spiritual gift? That can happen right here. But you know where else it needs to happen? In the restaurant. And you might be saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Okay? But listen, then say it. Because the body is not just in here. It is everywhere. It is everywhere. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower and equip us to love and serve the Lord. And everyone around us. And I don't know how you're not like, amen. So I'm going to try that again. And I want to hear mighty amen. The Holy Spirit wants to empower and equip us to love and serve the Lord and everyone around us. Amen. And I know sometimes we don't say amen because it gets hard because I, I, I don't do that. It's okay to know what you need to do and still know that you need to get better at it and say Amen. It's okay. There was a scripture about marriage yesterday. I thought, I need to get better at that. Um, in, in your relationships with another, 
be, have the same mindset as Christ. I was like, I, I could get better at that. But I'm not gonna be like, no, amen. I can affirm that. Amen. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you, listen, for your life and for your service. And I'm not gonna just say at the church. When, the Holy, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. The Holy Spirit is there for your life and for your service. Oh man, we just went through a lot. So we have all three at work on our behalf. Trying God. Father, Son, Spirit. Amen. So a short recap would be this. The Father gave us the Son. The Son is the way to the Father. The Spirit is the one who draws us to the Son so we can confess and believe. Then we have all access to God, the Father, which makes us a disciple of Christ, which means we have the Holy Spirit, which means we can be a living sanctuary and eventually go to heaven where we will see Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And that takes us back to week one. Who is God? He was, he is, and he is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All of that can get heady. Listen. Just thank him. Thank you, God. Say it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all that you are. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing. And thank you, God, for all that is to come, which we just visited in that simple recap. All that he is. All that he's done, all that he's doing, all that is to come, we just talked about it. And you don't have to change the screen, but I'm just going to say it again. The Father gave us the Son, so he was, is, and is to come. The Father gave us the Son, the Son is the way to the Father, the Spirit draws us to the Son, which is our way to the Father. And again, you don't have to have it all figured out here. Because I can promise you, he wants your heart. You know, we try to get real intellectual about it. And we try to get all the answers figured out because we want to be able to share it with people. But I promise you, he wants your heart. And that belief and that surrender is a heart posture. And then I really do believe that he will help clear your mind as you live and move and find your being in him. He wants your heart. He wants this surrendered to him. And he'll help you figure things out up here. And all the way to heaven, we're going to be figuring it out, by the way. So let's just love him. 
Let's just love him back. Let's thank him. Let's just give him our attention. Let's give him our praise. We were made to worship. Let's worship the triune God, the God of the universe. So here are a couple questions that I've received that I thought I would answer tonight. So in regards to thanking him, who are you thanking? God, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. And so this is what I what I said. Well, God, but also all of them. For instance, they are Team God. Okay? I will often say, thank you, God, for sending your son. Right? We say that. Thank you, God, for sending your son. Yeah. And we say, thank you, God, that your spirit lives in me. But I will also tell you that when I experienced Jesus sticking closer than a brother, I said, thank you, Jesus, for sticking closer than a brother. And when I was nudged by the Holy Spirit to do or not do or back off or step forward, I said, thank you, Spirit, that you led me. I need you. And so sometimes we complicate it. Well, who do I thank? Well, God, but the truth is, is that when you see the, the role, the attribute of God, this sustaining friendship, that I, this kinship that I feel next to me in this tough time, well, that's Jesus. He sticks closer than a brother, right? And so thank you, Jesus, that you stick closer than a brother. But if you were to say thank you, God, it's, it's okay. But if you were to say thank you, you see what I'm saying? We, we get all heady. We want to say the right name at the right time. And this isn't like Starbucks where they're giving out the wrong order to the wrong name. It's like, thank you, Jesus, that you stick closer than a brother. Thank you, Spirit, that you nudged me, that you protected me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. God, is the, God the Father is the sender, absolutely. We see that in Scripture. But they are all three parts working together for your good. Here's a simple example. I like ice. I like my drinks cold. Anybody? So when I am drinking, I actually learned this on a mission trip. Um, when I, did, I didn't have cold drinks for a week. And I realized how spoiled I was in America because we have ice with cold drinks. And I learned this is something I really care too much about. But so now when I'm drinking a cold drink and I'm enjoying it, I am very thankful. But if I were to say, thank you, ice, water's not mad. You get it? So if I'm thank you, Jesus, God the Father's not mad. I think this is important because we start trying to get it right rather than just live a righteous life, a holy life that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And one thing I love about the Trinity is that all through the New Testament, Jesus is showing us the Father. You will read the New Testament, especially those four Gospels there. You'll see Jesus pointing to the Father, to the Father, to the Father. I mean, in John, it's, it's how many times he mentions the Father. So all through the New Testament, Jesus is giving God the Father props. God the Father, God the Father, God the Father. If you read from Genesis to Revelation, you see that God the Father is giving Jesus props. I mean, there's like a whole, you know, a whole prophetic moment, right, in the Old Testament and obviously all the things. But all throughout the Bible, God's giving Jesus props. like, that's my son, that's my son. And Jesus is like, that's my daddy, that's my daddy. And then Jesus goes home and they're like, watch this. And the Spirit comes in like a tongue of fire and they're like, that's Props all over the place. It's a love fest with those three. 
Spirit is, I mean, again, He wants your heart. He just wants you to thank Him. Another question. So, who do I pray to? And I would say, the answer to that for me is God the Father, is because Jesus said so. And I'm going to get there in a second. Matthew 6, look at this. Our Father who art in heaven, help be the name. And Jesus says to his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. And he says this. This is his example. But again, I can promise you, if you start your prayer with dear Jesus, God's not mad. Let me free you up right now. If you start your prayer with dear Jesus, God the Father is not mad at you. Distant from us. But I want to remind you 
that he sent his spirit to draw you. And so right now, the Holy Spirit is, if you are not a believer, the Holy Spirit is at work right now with you, which is part of the triune God. He's not distanced from you. He's working on you. He's drawing you to himself. He has sent his spirit. He sent his son to be on earth, to walk and talk with us, to know us in that way, to be God with us. And then he sent his spirit. When Jesus tapped out, the spirit tapped in. And he's working on us. He's near right now. And if you are a Christian, he dwells inside of you. That is not a distant God, friends. That is a right here, right now God. Right here, right now God. I don't know how else to respond to that, but thankfulness. Even when I have problems and I don't know really what to do, I thank you, Spirit. I thank you, God, you've sent your Spirit to help me know, to counsel me right now. Some of you are like, I don't know what to do when I get home tonight. Some of you, I don't know what to do on Monday when I go back to work. Thank you, God, that you have sent your Spirit that will counsel me. That will counsel me. That will lead me to truth and convict me when I'm doing it in my own way. He's not a distant God where you have to break the code to figure out what he's saying. He has sent his spirit. He has sent his spirit to counsel you, to comfort you. Some of you are in such a way right now that you're not even sure you can make it through this night. Thank you, God, that you sent your spirit to comfort me. Amen. And so you're like, well, Marcia, I don't know what to thank you thankful for. Well, how about that? Well, thank you, God, that you've sent your spirit to comfort me. I know that I have chosen to raise my hand anytime the word sustainer comes up because I know what it's like to persevere through some things. Thank you, Lord, that you are sustaining. Amen. I want to thank the Lord on behalf of you that he is sustaining you. I know there were days you probably wanted to give up and maybe you still do, but you haven't. Look at you. I want to raise my hand for you and say, thank you, Lord, that you have been Janet's sustainer. God the Father. What do I thank him for? And what has he done for you? What is he being right now? Right here, right now. And you might not know who it is. Is it God the Father? Is it God the Son? God the Spirit? Let me tell you right now, it's just the triune God on your behalf. Thank him. Our response tonight at the end of the series is one of thankfulness, one of praise. And so we have all of our stations active tonight, but tonight we're gonna specifically approach them with thankfulness. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world. And it gets dark sometimes, and it's only because of you that I can even see the next step. Thank you that you were the light of the world and you turned the lights on in this dark soul. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world. Fill in the blank for yourself. You can come and kneel and bless the Lord. Thank you, God, that you have been a sustainer and that you have healed, that you've sent your son and then sent your spirit and you've never stopped a day pursuing me and making a way for me. Thank you. Letters to God. If you could write a letter to God today, what would you say? Thanking Him. What would you thank Him for? Write it. You can take it with you. 
or you could leave it on the table. The cross. We've been using this to say what we need to crucify of our flesh. What of our flesh that needs to go on the cross and, and be crucified with Christ? And, and that's a beautiful activity. Tonight, thank him for what he's taken. Thank him for what his blood shed healed in you, redeemed in you. Thank him for his saving grace. As you write on that tape tonight, maybe thank him right on that tape what he has saved you from. And put it on the cross. And Eric will be in the back. Pastor Eric will be in the back. If you would like to pray with him, he'll be in this back corner over here. If you'd like to pray for the pastor, you can speak some thankfulness there. But maybe tonight you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're ready to believe that he died for your sins and rose again three days later. It's clear that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. He made a way. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. And I heard someone say recently, all throughout the Bible, we see three or four themes repeated over and over. And I'll just name a few of them. I love you. I'm here for you. Or I'm with you. And you can come home. You can come home. Maybe tonight, You've already given your life to Christ. But you know that there's been some distance. You have all access to the Father, quote, unquote, but there's been some distance, and you know that it's not God. It's you. Well, tonight, you can come home. Spend time praying with Pastor Eric and help you pray and work through some of those things. Active response station. Active worship. We have so much to be thankful for, church. You don't have to turn to this, but I'm just going to say it one more time. The Father gave us the Son. The Son is the way to the Father. The Spirit draws us to the Son, who is our way to the Father, which makes us a disciple of Christ, which means we have the Holy Spirit, which means we can be a living sanctuary and eventually go to heaven where we will sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He is worthy of our praise. Let's pray. Oh dear God, we stayed in awe of the few things we've learned here tonight. Yet all that we are hearing and learning and understanding that you have done for us. We're sorry for the times that we have distanced you and believed that was on you and not on us. We're sorry for the times that we thought that we were too dirty that you wouldn't want us. And we tried to talk you out of salvation, that you surely didn't send your son for me. We're sorry, Lord, that we didn't understand that that's exactly why you sent him. was for me. To cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God, that you made a way 
for me to be clean. Thank you, God, that you made a way for me to be one with you forever. Thank you, God, that your spirit has been active my whole life, drawing me to you. Thank you, Lord, that I surrendered, that your spirit moved me, and I surrendered. I want to thank you that even that wasn't in my own strength. Thank you, Lord, that all three parts have worked together for my good, and I pray for your glory. I want to honor you with all that I am. I want to bring you glory all my days. I want the people around me everywhere I go to know that there is something dripping off of me that is not me. That is you. Station that as we approach it, Lord, that we would know exactly. 
those things. And as we bend the knee, we thank you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. Lord, would your spirit meet us here? Oh, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. And you're here, and we're yours. And thank you for showing us these things these last few weeks. May this church rise up and be a church that displays your love, your light, your grace, your fellowship. May Church of God Sarasota be known as a body that dwells in the grace and the love and the fellowship of the triune God, not with pride, but with a deep, humble heart set on you. Oh, Lord, we want to be your people. We want to be your people. I want to be your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the series. Thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to just thank you. So as we do it, Lord, as we worship you, as we thank you in these response stations, fill our hearts once again. Fill our hearts once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May we continue to sit in his presence and respond as you feel led and worship with us as we sing.